Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotions. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, I'd like to invite you to close your eyes for a word of prayer. Jesus, we thank you that you are so long-suffering towards us as your children. And Lord, we realize that there is so much that we do not know in terms of righteousness, in terms of sin and forgiveness and salvation. And and Lord, we pray for mercy as we learn, as we grow in your, in your knowledge, as we grow in your word. And Lord, that you will give us strength that when we come to the knowledge of sin, Lord, that we will overcome it by your grace and mercy. And Lord, that we will no longer be entrapped by the, by the chains of sin that so strongly bind us. Lord, bless us today as we look at sin and how it um, grows and develops. And Lord, also that we will understand and truly change our lives accordingly is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read a few for our verse this morning out of the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. It says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. The title for my talk this morning is, When Intentional Sin Becomes Disgusting. So we've been doing a little bit talking about the various types of sins or levels of sin, if you could call it that, the unintentional sin, the sin of ignorance, and then the intentional sin. And today we're sort of going over into what we we refer to in English as the sin of rebellion, a kind of um, where now you are completely thrown over into the other side of the ball pen. And, and basically what we're going to be looking at is how we graduate from avon, the intentional sin in Hebrew, to pesha, the sin of rebellion in the Hebrew. Um, and, and basically when our cup of intentional sin has filled up and it becomes rebellion, this is what we're going to be talking about today. So as we said before, for those of you who are only joining us today, just a little bit of a recap. Um, there are various words that are used within the King James Version, the English translation, the Hebrew Old Testament, and the Greek New Testament for these various types of sin. And we looked at what was called avon in the Hebrew or anumia in the Greek, which is called iniquity in the King James Version for most of the times, which is the intentional sin, where I intentionally step over the line and I transgress God's laws, even though I do know that they are forbidden. And then we have now a little bit a step further into sin, which the King James sometimes refers to as transgression, mostly in the Old Testament, or sometimes even refers to in English as unrighteousness. In the Hebrew, it's called pesha, and in the Greek, it's called adikai. And this is really uh, a type of rebellion against the Lord. So I'm going to mostly be referring to the word pesha, which is the Hebrew version of this rebellion, this 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 overly intentional sin, if I could call it that, a full-scale rebellion. Um, but I will also sometimes refer to Adika in the New Testament. So the Hebrew language Pesha, the word translates into the English, as we said, either as transgression or unrighteousness. So when you read in the King James Version the word transgression or unrighteousness, you will know that it will either be referring to the word Pesha or Adika. It literally means or signifies a separation. So think of what we spoke about of intentional sin in the previous talk and now see that now it's not just intentional sin, playing in sin from time to time, stepping over the line, you know, seeing how far you can push the boundaries. But now it's an intentional separation, a rendering apart, a departure from the standard, turning your back on the Lord. And henceforth, we use the expression or the notion of an apostasy or a rebellion. It's a complete turnaround, a complete 180 degrees turnaround and departure 
departing from God and the ways of God and the moral law of God. So now it's not just playing with God's laws and with his grace and mercy, but now it's making a cognitive choice to say, I want nothing to do with the Lord. I want nothing to do with his ways. And we see in the Bible some examples of how people graduated from the intentional sin into the sin of apostasy and rebellion. We can go read of the story of the Amorite nation throughout the Bible. The Amorites, Genesis 10 verse 16 tells us, was described as the sons of Ham. Um, Now you remember the sons of Ham, he was one of the sons of Noah. Now basically we see here that the Lord speaks in Genesis 15 verse 16 of the iniquity, which is the intentional sin of the Amorites. He says, and I'd like to read it for you, it says, but in the fourth generation they shall come here again. In other words, they will return to this place where they found themselves because the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet full. Now, just to give you a little bit of context to this verse, um, when Israel entered into this territory, they did not destroy the Amorites completely. Um, and God said the reason for this is, is because, you know, their, their intentional sin had not yet grown into full scale rebellion and apostasy. But here God is saying, but he knows it is going to. And he says that it's going to come full circle to the place of where they are again going to be attacked. And this time they're going to be destroyed completely. Um, in Genesis 15 verse 16, if you read the Good News Bible, it gives it a little bit differently. It says, it will be four generations before your descendants will come back here because I will not drive out the Amorites or destroy them. Um, because their wickedness had not yet come to its fullness um, and they have not yet come to the place of where they need to be punished. But then we see in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 17, here we find Israel again facing all these various nations, the Hittites, Canaanites, Pezzarites, Hevitites, Jebusites and the Amorites, the ones we're talking about. And he says, completely destroy all of these people. This is what the Lord has ordered you to do. And I believe that the reason now God uh, tells them to be completely destroyed is because now they're cup of iniquity, their intentional sin is now flowing over into full-scale apostasy and rebellion. And we can then see in verse 18, he says, um, the reason for this is, is that they teach the other nations around them to do their abomination. Now, this word abomination, when it is used in the Bible context, often refers to things that disgust the Lord, usually in the context of witchcraft or what we would call today full-scale Satanism, where we throw ourselves on the side of Satan as opposed to the side of God. And here the Lord is saying that the Amorites have, you know, taught the nations around them to be involved in these abominations. In other words, to go over into the other side of not following God, um, which they have done unto their gods. And and, and in Amos chapter 2 verse 9, we see the fulfillment of, of what God has told the Israelites to do in destroying the Amorites. It says, and yet my people, I will for your sake, I will destroy the Amorites. And God is saying basically, he says the reason that he does this, the reason that he deals so so viciously with rebellion and apostasy is because he understands that it influences those who are still you know in the lowest scales of sin and it it draws them into full-scale rebellion and apostasy and that is why we see in the old testament that god dealt very treacherously with those who had gone over into apostasy and rebellion and he cut them down at the root so that this kind of rebellion and apostasy would not spread but we see a different kind of story in the new testament in the new testament in the world that we currently live in we don't see God, you know, reacting in this very kind of destructive way to full-scale rebellion. And the reason for this is, is because the Bible prophesies that the, the time when he's going to do this is it's going to be at the end of the world, when he comes at the second coming. It says, then God will destroy those who have gone over into unrighteousness. 
In other words, we see that God's dealings with the sin of apostasy and rebellion has slightly changed, but we'll deal with that in another talk. Um, but basically, we see here what has happened to the Amorites. God lets iniquity grow before he deals with it and cuts them off at the root and even destroys them by killing them. And we see that basically the sin of Avon, intentional sin grows into Pesha. It grows into rebellion and apostasy. Um, and we can see this, that the Lord calls it through David, Psalms 53 verse 1. He says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are their ways. And they have done, and this is an interesting thing the Bible calls it. It says, an abominable iniquity. So we see that iniquity has graduated. Um, the intentional transgression, the intentional breaking of God's law has now become disgusting. It's become abominable. Um, in other words, it's now not just a kind of playing around, you know, stepping over, this, over the line, um, you know, intentionally testing God, playing around. But now it's a kind of full-scale transgression where you have completely swerved 180 degrees and planted your loyalty on the other side of God towards Satan. And Psalms 53 verse 2 and verse 3 gives a little bit more examples of how this happened. It says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of man to see if there were any that understood, any that seeked God. And every one of them had turned back. They all together had become filthy. There was no one that did good, not even one. In other words, we see here a complete change in character where, where the person is no, 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 not even standing on the board. Line. It's not that they're playing on the one side and on the other side. They've completely stepped over the line. They've become completely evil. They've become completely bad. Once again, we can see an example in the Bible of where this happened in the life of King Saul. When the prophet Samuel comes to warn him, and we see that here his, his intentional sin graduates into rebellion because we've dealt before with his intentional sin. In 1 Samuel 15 verse 23, it says, For rebellion, and this is the, the Samuel speaking to um, Saul, he says, For rebellion. In other words, that, that, that completely turn over into the dark side, he says, is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. In other words, he, he, he is now full scale moved away from the laws of God. He is now not just intentionally from time to time stepping over the line, but he has completely rejected the word of God. He's rejected the moral law of God. God says to him, now you also will be rejected from being king you see god gave him the law he had no excuse and he rejected it this is called intentional sin but now samuel is saying to him um you have not just you know you know intentionally sinned but you have gone over into a full-scale rebellion and your punishment is going to be that you're no longer going to be king but not only that first chronicles 10 verse 13 tells us that because of this full-scale rebellion where he even went and and you know consulted with the sorceress the the witch of endor in other words he completely went over to the dark side it says that god not only you know took away the kingdom from him but he died because of this it says so Saul died in his transgression this is the word pesha as we said before the word that that, that speaks about you know this full-scale rebellion 
an apostasy. It says, which you have committed against the Lord and against the word of God, which you kept not. And also for asking counsel from one of the familiar spirits to inquire of it. And um, you did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he slew you and turned the kingdom over unto the son of Jesse. So we see here once again an example of, of what example the sin of Pesha is. How Saul graduated from time to time doing intentional sin to now he goes over completely to the dark side, you know, um, asking advice from Satan through a witch um, where he did not seek the word of God. He didn't listen to the word of God anymore. He didn't commit himself to to the Lord anymore. And God killed him, allowed him to be killed in battle because of this intentional full-scale rebellion, this abomination that he committed. Now, the Bible gives us various examples of what exactly um, this kind of full-scale rebellion looks like. And there really is... um, nine different kinds of ways of how this full-scale rebellion develops. The first thing is is that we find that there is no fear of the Lord inside of us. Then we start resisting God and His ways. You see, it also grows, just like all of the other sins. And then we turn our backs on that which is good. And we depart completely from what is good and start walking in the ways of darkness and evil. We completely separate and cut ourselves off from God. Completely reject God and do not seek Him anymore. We start siding with sin and actively fighting against God and his truth. We start going into an open rebellion and war against God and then totally surrender into sin so that satanic mites start to control us. This is the the regression of how we get into full-scale rebellion towards God. And and we see this happening in various examples in the Bible and I'd like to share one of each of these with you. Psalms 36 verse 1 to 4 talks about this transgression, this rebellion, full-scale um, um, rebellion against God, you know, the word that's used, Pesha. It says, um, when we do not have the fear of God in our hearts, then we get involved in Pesha. It says, transgression whispered to the wicked deep within their hearts. They had no fear of the Lord. We spoke about the fear of the Lord before. In other words, they didn't worship him, obey him, revere him, or honor him. Um, and in their blind conceit, they cannot see their transgression. They cannot see how wicked they are. So this kind of transgression that they, that they harbored in their hearts, rebellion here happens because they had no fear of the Lord in their hearts. So the reason that they get involved in Pesha, the first step towards becoming rebellious is that we do not have the fear of the Lord in our hearts. And then one starts slowly resisting God's ways. We start serving two masters. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 1 says, the Lord says, shout as loud as you can. Tell my people Israel about their transgression, about their rebellion and their apostasy. They worship me during the day. But then they ask the question, why should we fast? You know, the Lord doesn't notice. Why should we go without food? He doesn't pay any attention. But the Lord answers them and says to them, the truth is that at the same time you fast, you pursue your own interests. You you oppress your workers and you are evil all around. God is basically telling them here, he's saying to them, "You, the reason that you get involved in this kind of transgression, God is saying, hello, you are transgressing. And the reason you 
transgressing is because you're standing with your feet, kind of, you know, you're saying that you you serve God, but you, you, you're kind of asking about all of God's ways. Why should I fast? And at the same time, I go on fasting, but then I'm evil towards those who work for me and I treat them unkindly. And God is saying, you are serving two masters. You are resisting God and his ways. You should be doing God's ways, being kind to those around you. You shouldn't be asking questions about why should I fast and why is God not answering me? And, and God is crying against their apostasy. So not having the fear of the Lord in you is going to get you involved in this kind of rebellion. Resisting God's ways and questioning his ways and being, you know, doing bad things towards those around you is going to get you involved in the sin of Pesha, the sin of rebellion. And then the third step is to turn your back on God. You see, first you resist and then you start turning your back on God. And the way that we do this is we start seeing that which is bad as good. The Bible says we start calling evil good. Proverbs 28 verse 24 says, whoever robs his father and mother and says it is not a transgression. In other words, it is not rebellion. The same is the companion of a destroyer. In other words, the Lord is saying here, this is how it develops. First, you have no fear of the Lord in your heart. Then you resist him. Then you turn your back on him and you start calling good evil. And then we see how he says, and then we start departing from him. In other words, we're not just turning our backs, but now we're walking away. We're completely walking away from anything that has to do with God. And we can see this in Psalms 36 verse 3. Um, speaking to those who transgress and rebel against the Lord, he says, everything they say is iniquity. In other words, in intentional sin, um, the sin of Avon, and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely and do good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. So here we see how we are departing from the ways of the Lord completely, where everything is just dark and evil. There's no good. We're constantly thinking bad in our thoughts. Um, and, and, and basically, there's no attempt to repent. There's no attempt to do anything which is good anymore. We are completely departing from the ways of God. And then comes the next step of cutting the ties with God, separating ourselves from God. Second Peter 2 verse 14 says, They want to look for nothing but a chance to commit adultery. Their appetite for sin is never satisfied. They lead weak people into a trap. Their hearts are trained to be greedy. They are under God's curse. They have forsaken. In other words, they've left completely the straight path. They have gone astray. They have followed the path of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved money and who would get his reward for his unrighteousness. In other words, he got his reward for his rebellion. And God is saying, these people are also rebelling in the same way. They are also getting involved in the sin of Adikai, um, because this is now the New Testament Greek version of this, this kind of rebellion and apostasy against God. They're saying they have an appetite tight for sin. They're looking for opportunities to sin, to commit adultery. They're trained in doing that which is bad. This is this kind of full-scale rebellion, the worst kind of sin that we can commit against God. So firstly now, no fear of the Lord, a resistance, and then a turning your back, and then a walking away, and then separating completely, cutting yourself off, and then rejecting God is the next step, not seeking God anymore at all. Psalms 53 verse 1 says, the fool says in his 
heart there is no God. Corrupt are they that have done this kind of abominable iniquity. So here once again we come across this word, the abominable, abominable iniquity. In other words, they're not just intentionally sinning, but they're, they're, they're sinning in a disgusting way. The kind of disgusting way that they're saying God does not exist. We don't believe in God at all. He, he's just a figment of people's imaginations. And then this person goes over into siding with sin, into an active fight against truth, trying to destroy those and the word of God that still keeps those who are in the good. Romans 1 verse 8 gives us an example of this. It says, God's anger is revealed from heaven against the unrighteousness. This is the Greek word adikai um, for rebellion and apostasy. It says, um, God's anger is revealed against all unrighteousness and evil of people who are unrighteous. In other words, those who rebel and prevent truth from being known. In other words, they are rebelling. They are fighting against God's truth. They are stopping others from knowing the truth. And it says God's wrath is going to be revealed against them. So these people are completely not only just turning away from God and saying he doesn't exist and going about their business, but they're making their fight to oppose God and that which is good and stopping others from knowing God and his love. And then comes the open rebellion, the war against God. And we see an example of where... um, the prophet Daniel speaks about the little horn kingdom. Now, I'm not going to go into the little horn kingdom now if you haven't heard of him. But basically, some people have said that this is a, a kingdom that is the Antichrist. Where Daniel speaks and he says, we can see the Antichrist, this little horn kingdom, going into this full kind of war against God. An open rebellion. It says... Um, the little horn kingdom's power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army and it even challenged the commander of heaven's army. That's God itself. And it says, verse 12, the army of heaven was restrained from responding to his transgression, to this transgression, this rebellion, so that the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown. So we're seeing here what this little horn kingdom is doing is it's overthrowing truth. It's attacking God's kingdom straight out. It's challenging Jesus Christ, the commander of the heavenly armies. But it says for a little while, this little kingdom is left to do these things, to go into full-scale rebellion because the punishment will come later. And then we see that the Bible also says that um, false teachers and prophets are those who will go on to open rebellion. Second Peter 2 verse 10 says, especially those who follow their own filthy bodily lusts and despises God's authority. They are false teachers, bold and arrogant, and they show no respect for the glorious beings above. Instead, they insult the angels. They insult God. Verse 12 of Second Peter 2 says, But these people act by instinct like wild animals. They attack with insult. Anything that they do, they do not understand. And they will be destroyed like animals. Verse 13 says, And they will be paid with suffering for their unrighteousness, for their sin of adikai, for their rebellion and for their apostasy against God. Um, they have pleasure for the things that they do. Pleasure for them that do anything in broad daylight that will satisfy their bodily appetites. In other words, we see that they have fallen in love with sin, that they've enveloped themselves completely into the sin, into bodily lust, into arrogance against God and against heaven. And, and, and these are usually the false teachers and the false prophets that we see around in the world. They have gone over into an open rebellion against God. And the sad thing is, is that many of them do not notice it. They will be part of those that will say, but Lord, Lord, did we not 
not testify in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? So in their own mind, they're, they're, they're pretending that they're still good. They, they think they're still on the right path. But God says, you are unrighteous. You are in a full rebellion against me. And then we see the last step. Also, a total surrender to sin where the satanic might now controls you. And we see this in the example of where the, the Bible spoke, speaks about the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 9 says, speaking about the Antichrist or the man of lawlessness, as the previous verse calls him, it says, This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of unrighteousness, in other words, every kind of adikai, every kind of rebellious sin that he can think of or apostasy to fool those on their way to destruction. So once again, we see here, it's not just about turning your back on God, but it's about now full-scale war against God and God's people, trying to lure them to become rebels themselves because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. In other words, they're casting aside truth. They're casting aside God's love and becoming completely dark and completely rebellious and and in apostasy. It says in verse 12, then they will be condemned for enjoying unrighteousness, for enjoying rebellion rather than believing the truth. So we see the the, the, the kind of, you know, uh, picture, the full picture, the fearful picture of how sin can drag us off, how we can become completely separated from God and not just completely separated from him and turning our backs on him and no longer, you know, following his laws and intentional sin, but where we can now become his enemies, where now we drag others off in our unrighteousness, in our rebellion and our apostasy. And this is a dangerous kind of thing that we can get involved in. And, and we're going to look at this a little bit further in some of our talks in future. But my prayer for you today is this, that if you find that you are lingering in this path, that today the Lord says, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts, but come back to me. Repent of the things that you've done. Ask the Lord to heal your heart, to help you to love righteousness again, to help you to to, to separate yourself from sin and, and reconnect with God and reconnect with His ways, to come back to the fear of the Lord, to walk in His ways once again, and to do that which is good and not that which is evil. May you be sealed with God again in a relationship with him so that this reality will not be part of your life. May God bless you. Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.